Alright guys, welcome to the fifth episode of the 420-something podcast. Um, no clips or fanfare up front, this one's not meant to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm anxious as fuck right now. But I guess honesty is part of the relatability on the show, so... Relatable is what you were going for. We're really gonna lay it down for you today. Today we're gonna cover loss. More specifically, death of a parent. Oh, that's unfortunate. I should know to put my phone on mute. Anyway... Um, <clears throat> we're gonna cover death of a parent. So, with me, I have Zach as always, who is meant to say hello right there. Sorry, I uh, was also noticed that my phone was not quiet. <laughs> hello, so I got guys. Zach. Hello. And with me, I have Casey. Hi. <laughs> Casey is oddly, by law, my aunt who's younger than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna cover death of a parent all three of us lost um two dads and a mom here all in our 20s so we figured we would share maybe it would help us a little bit to get it off our chest maybe it'll help someone else to hear our story i just want to do the thank yous as usual our views are <laughs> beyond anything i thought they would be so I can't even begin with thank yous. I don't want to seem like I'm on here sucking dick every time the show starts. But to be honest, I will never be ungrateful about this. Like, this was meant to be a hobby at best. And just the fact that I'm getting through, getting out there, and I'm hearing how much you guys like it, it really, it really helps me keep going. It is awesome. Just the normal plugs up front. 420-something at gmail.com for an email. Email us your thoughts, you want to hear us talk about something specific, anything like that. It's at 420-something on Twitter. And 420... Uh, what's the other one we got? Uh, SoundCloud? SoundCloud.com <laughs> backslash 420-something. <laughs> and 420-something on iTunes. Anyway, there's not really much to open with. The normal hellos and everything. We just kind of want to really get right to it. There's not too much playing around this time around. So what me and my guests are going to do, my guests and I, my mom be mad at that, <laughs> what we're going to do is <clears throat> we're going to talk about who we lost, um, the day we found out, what it was like, maybe the funeral, and how it is that we are today, how it is that, you know, we're still trying to keep going. So we're going to start with Zach, who lost his father how long ago? Six years ago. So And some change. Tell your story. Yeah, I'll start. This isn't the first time I'm doing this, but um, all right. So on April twentieth in twenty eleven, I was actually sleeping on John's couch at the time, and I had a plethora of text messages of "I'm sorry," this and that, and I'm like, "What the hell is going on?" And I had all these missed calls from my sisters and like my family, and. I just knew something was wrong and honestly like my first thought was like I think my dad died but immediately after I was like nah that's fucked up like why, why would I think something like that like what if it was true but so I tried to call him who was living at my aunt's campground at the time so I had to call her to get through and when I called her she wouldn't answer so I called my uncle and he answered and he was like a mess and he was like dude I'm so sorry blah 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 this and that I was like, that's weird. And I heard my aunt just say, is that Zach? Hang up, hang up. So he hung up. 
So I called my mom. I'm sorry, my mom called me and said, hey, I'm on my way to come get you, which made it really weird. Like, mind you, I just woke up. And, like, I'm not really a morning person, so, like, waking up to me is, like, a cigarette, <laughs> some coffee, yep. about an hour, and then come talk to me, all right? Yep. <laughs> so I'm still trying to piece myself together. <clears throat> and then my mom pulls up, and she's got my sisters in the car. And I get in, and we drive around the corner, and we're all clueless. And my mom and my sisters live, they live about a 45-minute drive, like, down the shore in Ocean City, New Jersey, if anybody's familiar. So they had been woken up way before I was and were already on their way down. So they were sitting in just the darkness as well, just waiting. So we drive around the block and my mom just stops and she's like, look guys, I have no other way to tell you guys this. Your dad died last night. And it was just like my whole world came down on me, man. Like not a lot of people have relationships with their fathers like I had with mine. We were like best friends, to be honest. Like, we did damn near everything together all the time, whenever we could. Like, we just related to each other a lot more than a lot of other people and their parents I've seen. Like, I always heard stories of people's fathers, like, oh, I could never tell my dad that. Like, I can't even say that there's anything I couldn't tell my dad. So, yeah, that was rough. I called John here, or I texted him and told him what happened. And you you left work. Right like, away. immediately, right? Yeah, as soon as I got the message, I left. Like... Honestly, like, we've said it before, like, me and John have been friends a long time. And, like, we'll get into it, like, when he gets into his story, too. But, like, our parents were, like, each other's parents. So, yeah. like, it was definitely, like, not easy. Like, my dad and died that day, too. I don't know. It was just, like, a lot of, like, it was just empty all day. Like, I wanted to be around friends. I tried to be around friends. It just didn't really work. The funeral, though? The funeral was all right. Well, I mean, I'll backtrack a little bit, like... Get get all your thoughts out. You it, don't have to jump to funeral. Get, yeah, get it, anything that it is. It didn't you... feel real. I'll say that. Yeah. Like it definitely like, as much as it hurt and everything, like to hear it, like it still didn't feel real. I didn't get to see my dad till before the funeral. He was cremated, so like we had like a service the day before where we got to go like and see him, and that's when it was real. Like that's yeah. I think that was the only time I really cried, like in that room saying yeah. my last goodbyes like it was a little like during the funeral and stuff but like not like that but the funeral was all right like i got to see a lot of family i hadn't seen in a long time it's weird to see like how much of an impact like your parents made on other people's lives like when all these people you've never met before just like show up at your parents funeral as like friends and stuff like and talk to you about like all their it's nice to hear like all the stories yeah. of like your parents and stuff like whenever i get to go like my dad and my uncle were really close so, like, as family, we were really close growing up. So, like, whenever I'm there going on vacation with them, like, my uncle would get drunk <coughs> with my cousin and just tell us old stories about my dad all the time. Like, he was he was a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> now, just because there are similarities, do you want to talk about how he died? My dad was, the night he died, he was hanging out with what he would call when he was living one of his really good friends. And my dad was, he always struggled with addiction, but, like, he was working on it, and, like, I mean, I'd seen him all the time, and, you know, I'm in my 20s, at the, I was 20 at the time, like, you know, I wasn't always hanging around with 
the greatest group of people but like in my experience like i've seen what people look like and like i can tell when someone's like real fucked up and everything and like yeah, yeah, you know shit. from you hanging out with like, them and stuff like it. yeah i could tell like he was you know really trying to be better he had like a lot of financial issues like he was already almost paid up on and everything but you know one night hanging out with this guy and a couple girls girls came from camden they had a couple bags of heroin on them and you know my dad's thing was pills but you know it's to them it's almost the same thing it's the same type of whatever so he took his shot and it took him how are you now after it's i guess you could say it's easier it gets easier like to both of you guys i'll say this like it's been six years for me and it's not weird that like not a day goes by that i don't think about my dad all the time yeah like all the time i think about like my mom you get used to day. you get used to like it's always in the back of your mind it's always there you have anything else you want to say on it not really i think the story says a lot so what helps you get by just remembering really honestly like it didn't really start I, like the closure comes with all the funny stories and stuff like the funny times yeah. and the fun times like yeah. I was on vacation with my uncle and it was still fresh like it had to be like a year after and like you know I was still down and everything but like just sitting there with my family and just listening to like because I always knew like he was an idiot and just to hear the stories it, I don't know it just made light of it it was funny your turn <clears throat> um so my mother passed away March 6th of 2015 but I didn't find out until the 7th it was I remember 7:15 in the morning because I had I had an alarm on for my first day of work I was living in old city at the time with my dad and I picked my phone up after my alarm went off and I remember it so vividly um, I had seven text messages and 14 missed calls. Never in my life have I ever had that many text messages or missed calls at the same time. Yeah. And instantly I knew something was wrong. Just because, like, leading up to it, there were just so many bad instances that were happening for a few weeks. So, like, I, I didn't, I, I'm not going to lie, I didn't think my mom died. I thought maybe, like, she had gotten in trouble with the cops or something like that, and they were trying to get up my... It was my aunt and my stepdad. So, I first called my aunt back. No answer. But I was, like, really impatient. I let it ring four rings, and then I hung up. I was like, okay, this isn't... This isn't happening. So, I called my stepdad, and at the time, he had, like, a really awful phone, and at first... Uh, like he answers and I'm like hey like what's going on like I why do I have this many text messages and missed calls and he goes um well what I thought I thought he said your mom's in jail mm -hmm. and I'm like mom's in jail and he goes very loudly your mom died and I remember instantly like I, I was standing and I just fell I literally just like fell to the ground and I just started screaming like I was literally screaming I get I collect myself and I say to him okay I'm getting dressed I'm coming down now hang up 
I go run to my father's room and I'm pounding on his door. Like I'd never knocked on a door so loud in my life. He was sleeping. He, he unlocks his door and I just go in and I scream and uh, I'm just like, mommy's dead. And he, he stands up. He's like, what, what, what the fuck? What, what? It's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened. I, I need to get down there right now. And I get dressed, run to the parking lot, get in the car, and I'm speeding my really shitty Jeep at the time to New Jersey. And I get to my stepdad's house and I go inside. And uh, he told me that she had died around... 9.30, quarter to 10 on March 6th. And I was like, that, like, what happened? And literally he said, I don't know. And I'm like, what, what, what the fuck do you mean you don't know? Why, all I know at this moment is my mother's gone. And I remember just feeling, I like, I was physically in pain. Like, my heart hurt. My head hurt. Like, my, I was just physically feeling this. Like, I was sick. He, uh, I was like, well, where, where is she? Because I, she wasn't, I was like, did she die here? He's like, no. I don't know where she was. Well, we found out she, um, was in Berlin. Behind the Super Wawa in 73. And, um. She was in someone's house. Um, at first, they called, like, Berlin Township Police and Pine Hill Police called my stepfather looking for me. And at first, he was like, that he couldn't hear them. And he said, they, well, they said on the phone, we're looking for Casey Fennell in regards of a death in Burlington. That's what he thought they said, and he, he ignored it. He's like, Casey doesn't know anyone in Burlington. They called him back again, and it was like, do you know how to get a hold of Casey? And he's like, they're like, how, what is your relation to her? That's my stepdaughter. And like, as you guys know, Pine Hill's a small town. So like my stepdad and my mom, like they knew the cops, like they knew who he was and knew who my mom was. And Pine Hill police uh, showed up at my house and it would, but they didn't show up until like one o'clock in the morning. My stepdad said that when like they said on the phone, yeah, um, okay, we're gonna go check the paperwork. We'll call you back. And he got out of bed, went out to the kitchen, but as he was going out to the kitchen, he saw two Pine Hill police cars pull up to the house. He knew right then and there, something's wrong. Something's very wrong. Why are two cops showing up at my house at one o'clock in the morning? They, it was actually nice, like, uh, the one cop actually ended up sitting with him for like an hour. And they, they told, all they knew was that she had passed away in Berlin in someone's house. They don't know why. They don't know why. Um, they have no idea what happened. They just got the call from Berlin. He was just talking to the police officer about, like, what was going on. He, after that, like, that's when he started calling me. And then he drove down to my aunt's house, which was only, like, three blocks away at like at this point it was like 2 a.m. and he just knocked on her door because she has like a 
door going into her bedroom, and he knocked on that one. She knew right away, seeing him there at 2 o'clock in the morning, she knew she was dead. They both were sitting next to each other outside trying to call me, and I was just asleep. I had no idea. I was dead asleep. My phone was on silent, and like, like I don't know like why I feel this way, but I feel like, oh, maybe if my phone was on, like, would have found out sooner or not, like, that would have changed anything, but, like, I'm just like, fuck, like, why did I find out the next day, kind of thing. I was, like, one of the last to know, which is, like, shitty, because, like, I was my mom's only child, so that, like, really sucked, but anyway, I just remember just feeling nauseous all the time, like, I, I didn't eat, like, I didn't eat, I didn't sleep. So I had to wait, this was on like a Friday or Saturday, I forget. It was like a day I had to wait, I had to wait until Monday to go and talk to a detective. And uh, at first they said it was a suicide. And then they said they weren't sure what happened. The police officer in Berlin was like, well, your mother's lifestyle caught up with her. But I, I didn't believe that because a month prior to all of this, my mom was sober. She was clean for clean and sober for a very long time. Uh, unfortunately, my mom had a really hard time with pills and alcohol. And um, like Zach's dad, my mom struggled with addiction pretty bad as well. But like, I remember she went longer points sober and clean than on the shit and like like I think it was in my my own opinion I think it was like a little bit worse when she was drinking because she was she was so emotional like she was so sad and like like she struggled with like mental illness like she was depressed for a while and um because my mom had been through a lot in like her life and I could understand why she needed to find an outlet because like what she went through like I couldn't imagine going through it. I remember literally just driving back and forth from Philadelphia to New Jersey multiple times a day. I would have to go back at certain paperwork to show paperwork proving that I'm related to her and I remember um like I I was solely on my own with like everything and I remember having to call a few of her friends that had no idea. That was hard because, like, they were trying to comfort... They wanted me to comfort them, but I didn't have the strength to comfort somebody, you know? Like, like I was down and out. Like, I cried all the time. Like, like I was just so numb. And, like, I was, I was really in bad shape after it just because like even to this day I don't really know the truth of what happened that night and like she was hanging out with people that she thought she could trust because she she knew them back in high school and like she met them through mutual friends but they hadn't seen each other in like 15 plus years my mom was like the sweetest person alive like she would give somebody the shirt off of her back she always took care of other people and like she really 
loved. Like, when she loved, she really loved. What's even more unfortunate is that I was actually fighting with her when she died. We never resolved our fight. I don't really let that get me down too much because, like, typical mother and daughter, they argue. They fight. But, like, after every fight, I still knew that she loved me. Like, I knew she cared about me. What's really unfortunate is that people took advantage of her in a bad time. The people she was hanging out with, they definitely used her. She was just so kind enough to just be like, well, no, like, she always, she always looked at the positives. Even struggling with depression, like, she always kept herself up. in high spirits. Like, just up. Like, and, like, I always envied her for that, like, because, like, there are just some days where, like, I just, I don't want to deal with anyone or anything. Like, some days I just want to lock myself in my bedroom and not come out. But, like, she always got up every single day, went to work every single day, took care of me, took care of my stepdad, took care of my grandmother. She, she was a really great person. As soon as people hear how she died... There's an immediate negative they, connotation. Yeah, they, they automatically judge her. Because it was an OD. Yeah. She liked Coke. Coke was her thing. And unfortunately, it took a very long time for me to get her autopsy and her tox report. It took about three months for me to get it, which was weird, but I don't really think too much about it. But it's been over two, a little over two years now. I honor her in every way I possibly can. I think about her every day, every single day. Like, well, what would mom do? Oh man, if my mom were here, she would do this. Or, oh man, like if my mom were here, she'd be able to like help me with this. One thing I can say is about that whole situation, it's made me learn a lot about just life in general. The reality of it is like, it was really me and her against the world. And like, she was all I really had most of the time all the time actually like like Zach's dad like I had a s sort of similar similar relationship with her like there was not a single thing I couldn't tell my mom I remember being in high school getting trashed at graduation parties being underage and she would pick me up when I would be like way too drunk to walk and two three o'clock in the morning bring me home and take care of me make sure I was okay she never judged me she never she never made me feel like i was fucking up in life basically like she always said like this is just phases of life you're gonna go through stuff like this it's just life itself and um but now it being a little over two years i could say like today like i'm okay like it's gotten easier but i still catch myself like, there would be some days where, like, like for instance, with my grandma passing away, going through paperwork, trying to find things, I, like, I would get this feeling in me, like, numb and nauseous at the same time and be like, whoa, like, she's really not here. Like, because she would be right by my side going through paperwork to try to find other paperwork to give the insurance companies and try to turn off all of her stuff, and she would be right there with me. Like, it's, like, little moments like that. Like, you're doing the most random thing, and it's like, whoa, she's not here. Like, holy shit. 
like it's only been like over two years what am I going to do for the rest of my life it's not always like that it's just certain times random times there's no like prediction of when it happens it just kind of happens I uh I, I remember the day of the funeral some of my some people didn't show up to the funeral that I expected to show up I mean, obviously I'm not gonna say like reasons why but because I I don't even know the reasons why but uh, that that hit hard, cause you think like in a moment like that, like they're gonna be there for you, and they're not, and it's like, well, this kind of just showed like your true colors. But I remember my mom's funeral was, it was it was beautiful, but it was tiring, it was exhausting. My mom, like I didn't even know my mom knew half of the people that showed up her there was almost 300 people at her funeral the line was wrapping around the building and over and over and over and over again you just hear i'm so sorry for your loss your mother was a beautiful person Never i'm else. so it it does not make you feel better no. it, if well, anything what, in that situation what else are they supposed to say right yeah exactly i feel like, bad when someone has to come to me as i grieve because there's nothing you can say that's going to help. Exactly. But I don't want to be that guy to be like, fuck you, you can't help me. Because yeah, they exactly. want well, you. Well, just, you just don't yeah. know what to say back. Yeah, exactly. There was, it's a tough I, situation. I just, say, I, I just said thank you. Yeah. Like, that's all There's I really can, say. can like, say. Like, if anything, I just appreciated the people that just came up to me and simply said, I'm sorry, I love you. That's all you really need. Like, that, that actually made me feel more better than, like, getting those big fake hugs. Yeah. And people saying, I'm here for you. When, like, when someone passes away. People come out of the woodworks. Like, they're always a saint. You notice that? Yeah. Regardless okay. of what happened, regardless of anything, it's mm -hmm. always, they were the best person I knew. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I, I would be a liar if I said my mom was perfect, because clearly, like, she wasn't. Yeah. Like, she had her flaws. But that doesn't take away from the fact that someone so young and full of life gets taken in an instant like that's always so fucking sad yeah and especially like like seeing all those people like it's crazy like some of these people like they're like oh i haven't seen your mom in 20 years i'm like oh they're like i didn't even know she had a daughter <laughs> i'm like well here i am like <laughs> it's me like I, that, i'm here i look exactly like her what sucks is like i look so much like my mom but, like, I could be, like, anywhere in Pine Hill and, like, if, like, one of her friends are there, they'll accidentally call me Kelly. I get I'm that like, a lot. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'll run into people that are like, holy shit, you look like you're dead. Yeah. Oh, dude, when I was in Florida, my grandfather was, like, looking at me and, like, kind of looking away, and he's just like, oh, you look like your fucking father, man. Yeah. So, to, to wrap your story up, what helps now? What's um, helping you get by now? Just knowing that she's on my, like, she, she's my guardian angel. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, people may not believe in that, but, like, I don't know. I've seen enough signs that, and I've dreamed enough about her to where, like, I know she's watching me mm -hmm. every goddamn second of the day. Out of everything in her life, she made it very clear that I was, like, the most important thing. And, like... I blame myself a lot, like, in the past, like, when it first happened, like, oh, like, how could I have been a better daughter for her to, like, not go to these strangers and trust them because clearly they were not to be trusted. Right. But today, I just know that, like, 
she would be proud of all that I've accomplished since she's been gone. Like, uh, like after she died, I, I didn't work for a year. Yeah. I didn't want to. Like, I was so depressed, like, I just laid in bed. But life's changed a lot in good and bad ways, but more good than bad. I can't help but to feel like my mom kind of helped that. Like she's there. She's there. Yeah. She's there. I feel her. <clears throat> That's good. That's good to lean on. I assume I assume they're there. Yeah. I do. Like I'm to be honest, this may sound a little weird. I'm a little bit jealous that you got your dad cremated and you have that thing because I don't have I do a little bit. I'll get to that towards the end of my story. I have something, but I would kind of like an urn. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, is your mom buried or was she She's cremated. cremated. Did you, you guys have an urn? Not well, we got it like separated one for me and one for my yeah, stepdad. Yeah, that's what we did. So they all got it. His urn's actually nice. It's it's maybe two three inches tall, but it's solid steel. And they all all the kids got one. Oh, well, my that's sister's nice. got necklaces. Yeah, like oh, they wow. have like the pendants and the necklaces are hollow, so they fill it up with the ashes. Oh wow! Like uh, unfortunately, like just because like paying for her funeral was a big like financial burden oh, on yeah. my family. Like she's still in the box that, that like too. it came in. I'm gonna get her urn one of these days. I actually like found this. <laughs> This thing online, and it was because my mom liked to drink. It's like a saloon urn, mm-hmm. and like me and my stepdad joked, like, "Oh man, like this would be for her. Like yeah. we should put her in this." Like, <laughs> I will, um, <clears throat> real quick, apologize if you guys hear a bunch of fidgeting around. I don't know how much I'm gonna double back through and edit this because I don't expect there to be flaws or lulls or anything like that, and it's. I don't think this is exactly a conversation I want to hear twice. Yeah. So I do want to apologize for the fidgets. It's it's obvious you have three people sitting at a table chain smoking because this is this is the hardest thing we'll ever go through. Absolutely. So I need to tell my story. I really want to preface with yours is very different. This story. <clears throat> oh, I'm already getting upset. I don't want this story. To change the way people see me. Because it's almost unreal. And when you hear it, I don't want anyone to perceive me any differently. Um, I don't deserve any sympathy outside of anyone else who has had a loss. I do want to start with saying that I didn't have the relationship you guys had. My dad was an alcoholic my entire life. And I always strived to have that father-son relationship, but he never spent more than a handful of months sober. And he was everywhere. Spent months in and out of rehabs, living in Upper Darby, living in Tennessee, living in North Carolina. He was all over the place. And then it was right around me turning about, what, 18, 19? Was when he came came back. back and moved into the original family house. And that's when I started seeing him more. But by that time, he was in rough shape. He uh, he had been drinking his whole life, so it had taken a serious toll. He was 49 when he passed, and he looked like he was 60. The little bit of preface you need for this story is I was living in Deptford at the time, and my father was living in our family house in Pine Hill. And I worked right down the street at the golf course literally at the end of the road where i grew up so me and zach were working together 
And what we would do is we got an hour lunch at 11 o'clock. And since the house was literally a block away, we'd go there every day, eat and hang out with my dad for lunch, go back to work. For whatever reason, you weren't there that day. I don't remember yeah, why. I don't remember why I didn't go in. You weren't there. But I wasn't there. But on my drive to work, I wake up to a text from my dad who had insomnia. And he was like, listen, I, uh, I need a ride up to the store to get uh, food on my EBT card. And can you leave me one or two cigarettes in the mailbox? So I'm like, all right. I pull up to the house at like 6 a.m., put two cigarettes in the mailbox, five bucks, and then I knew I'd be back at lunch. So I leave. Our lunch is at 11 o'clock. So I text him, told him it was in the mailbox, never got an answer. Called him around 8-something, never got an answer. So 11 o'clock, it's lunchtime, I go home, and I open the front door, and this was almost like a movie. So I remember opening the door and it swinging open like very slowly, and as it opened, I could pan the room, and the living room was empty, and I could hear the Viva La Band DVD sitting at the menu on the computer. And as the door gets all the way open, my dad's laying face down in between the living room and the kitchen, and he's in that shape, that's almost what you see when they have chalk outlines where like one arm's up, one arm's down and his head's to the side. And like I knew in that minute he was dead. But it doesn't sit right away. Like as soon as I seen him there was a little bit of dry blood underneath his nostril and his mustache. And his face was just a tiny tiny bit blue. And like I knew he was dead. But I I thought there was something I could do. But I froze for what felt like forever. I didn't... No one is ever going to walk in on that. And you just don't really know how to wrap your head around it. So, I remember shaking him. Just saying, Dad, over and over again. Trying to wake him up. I, I, that he wasn't going to wake up. Um, I remember trying to flip him over. And I couldn't. And that was so demoralizing. Like, I couldn't find the strength to turn him over, and I felt helpless. So I called the police, and I had my first ever interaction with calling dispatch for a reason. And it was probably the worst experience of my life. I am in tears trying to slowly and concisely explain to this guy my address, and he is literally acting like an asshole. Uh, sir, if you don't calm down, I'm not going to be able to help you. Motherfucker, I've got my dad's dead body in my hands. How about you stop acting like a dickhead and help me? Cops came, and there were a lot of them. Probably ten. They walked in and immediately flipped him over and put a machine on his chest that worked like CPR without them having to physically do it. And I could not watch that. Um, every time the machine hit his chest it would send a pulse through his whole entire body and it would just flop like a fish so I went and stood on the back step and I made every fucking phone call I could imagine except to my sister I called my mom she didn't answer I called my mom again she didn't answer I called my aunt's cell phone she didn't answer I called my aunt at work she picked up I said, I just found daddy. I think he's dead. She don't, I mean, I don't even think she got out the I'm on my way and just dropped the phone down. 
the next call I made was to my girlfriend who was living in Deford. And I said, I, I don't, I just found my dad. I don't, I don't even know. She beat my aunt there and probably lived 10 minutes further. Um, I didn't get a hold of my mom until he was already in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. I met my sister there. Um, my dad's brother, Rich, my uncle, met me there with my Aunt Amy, and my Aunt Tina came up. And I felt like I was watching a movie. Like nobody ever thinks that would happen for real. And everything about it was horrific. I hated seeing him lay there on the table in the hospital. I hated the fact that we had a curtain separating us from somebody else who was in pain and just making terrible noises as, like, I'm trying to have my last moments. They had a tube in his mouth. I don't know why. What the fuck is that for? Why do I have to look at him like that? I asked if they could take it out, and they wouldn't. Um... I asked my family if I could have a minute with him. And I know that talking to someone who's not there doesn't help. But in that moment, you have anger and frustration, and you're so upset, <clears throat> you don't really know what to do. And I just remember yelling at my dad because he had been through so much shit that honestly probably should have killed him. He had a DUI. He had a horrific car accident that he actually was not at fault for. Um, he had gotten drunk and fallen down countless fucking times, uh, put into the hospital with blood alcohol content that would kill a horse. And he always made it out, and he always used to tell me it would take kryptonite to kill me. And I remember sitting at that hospital bed, just telling him over and over, I don't see any kryptonite. So you can't be dead. And it's an image I don't think I'll ever shake. Just having everyone there at the hospital, I mean, it doesn't really help. And I haven't, yesterday, <coughs> actually, yesterday makes two years since he passed away. I haven't actually told this story yet to anyone. And that's why I felt like I had to do this. <coughs> I'm sorry, sidetracked. Anyway. Let's go to the funeral because I actually need to put a thank you on here. <clears throat> we didn't have any money. Oh, shit. I kickstarted my dad's funeral and we raised about $7,500. And without that, we wouldn't have been able to get it done. So I just really want to thank anybody that gave money for that because it wouldn't have happened otherwise. Now, on a different note, I hated the funeral. 
I absolutely hated it. The best that I could do with the money that we raised and had all put together was a what they call private service. So it was just family for about 20, maybe 30 minutes before they went and had a graveside service. And we really didn't get any time in there. Um, it felt as if the funeral director was kind of just pushing us out. And I, I that bothers me to this day. He was a dick. I did not like him at all. He really was a dick. Um, the graveside was a little bit different. I didn't expect... I always had this fear that the way my dad lived his life, he would die forgotten. Which is a little bit irrational, because in the long run, everybody dies forgotten. But I didn't want him to go out forgotten. And there were people there I had never met. And, I mean, regardless, you know, <clears throat> Zach and his family showed up. Chris Como showed up. Thank you for that. Uh, my friend, my close friend Sean showed up, even though it was a little late. Uh, I needed the laugh. It really helped. Uh, my friend Sean Phillips showed up to the funeral about 20 minutes or so late because I think he got lost. Mm -hmm. And he felt so bad, but it actually made me laugh a little bit. It, it helped the situation. So, Sean, if you hear this, I am nowhere near upset. <laughs> um, what really hurt was my dad had a best friend named Tiny, who was like seven foot tall. <laughs> but he was a preacher. And he found me after the service and he put a fucking baseball or a uh, basketball sized hand on my shoulder and said some of the nicest things anyone's ever said about my dad. And that really helped a lot. Um, like you guys all said, it doesn't get easier. It just starts to hurt less. You don't look at them as gone as much as you need to look at what you had and as much as you need to see it as they're always there so like you got you have your urn you have an urn um my dad had this little tiny hawaiian dancer mm. that you would put in a windowsill and the sunlight would make it shake back and forth so i used to make fun of him all the time for that thing because he thought it was the coolest fucking thing ever <laughs> And I was like, why do you think this thing is so cool? It's so dumb. <laughs> so when he passed, I put that in my car. And that's like my co-pilot. I don't really think I'm 100% sure I'll ever be okay. And part of me felt like I have to tell this story because anyone who knows me outside of this is probably going to be very floored at how I portray myself in comparison to what has happened. Yeah. Like, I always shoot to be the loudest one, the most outgoing. Like, I always shoot to make everyone else happy. And the whole time during the funeral and the months to come, like, I never really spoke to anyone about any of it. And I think that I still hold a feeling that I'm more okay than I'm supposed to be. And it almost feels like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Does that make sense? I yeah. understand that completely. Like, like I'm just... not supposed to be as okay as I am. Yeah. And I'm afraid one day I'm just going to break down. I think that I feel a little better getting it out. Um, I don't necessarily know 
how it'll help everyone else. Maybe to just heal here, like God fucking forbid somebody has a story like mine or like yours or mm. yours. Just know that you're not the only one. You're not alone. And just know that somewhere eventually it'll get easier. And In the beginning, it seems like there's no hope. At all. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form. You're so down. You're so broken. You're so Depression lo- lifeless. For six months, there was a voicemail on my cell phone from my dad that I would make sure every two weeks I went in and I heard again, so it resave. And I missed it. And it's gone. And I think about it all the time. Because that was the last bit of his voice I had. I have one recording that I... My Thank God for my stepdad, he's like, we need to record these. Yeah. Because they're not going to be there forever. And I have one recording of her saying, Case, call me. <laughs> Even something like that. But just something that little. And when you're having a hard-ass day yeah. and you listen to that, it gave, it makes you sad, but it helps. It gives you comfort. I wouldn't care if the clip of my dad was him <laughs> saying, Hey, bitch, give me, <laughs> give me a fucking beer. I'd take that. Yes. <laughs> just to have it. Yeah, I don't have any clips. Although my sister called me one night, and this is kind of this is kind of fucked up. But she called me one night and was like, Zach, I forget what daddy sounds like. I was like, that's sad. What do you say to that? Yeah. You don't, you don't really know what to say. You know, I, mean, my, I think my other sister has voicemails from him. So, like, she helped out. But, like, I didn't I didn't even think about that until she said something. Like, me, even to this day, like, I can remember. I can just hear my dad saying dumb shit to me now. Yeah. I can think about it, but I'm never. you're never 100%. You're close. You have a shadow of what it used to sound like. Yeah. Dude, do you remember when it was right after 9-11 and my dad was taking us to school and the news was on and Bush just talked about, like, he just decided we were going to war and he looked at us and he was like, yeah, hey, hey, we're going to kick the rags right off their heads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure what it was that I was trying to push with this show. I guess that I feel hearing our stories could help someone um although it could be entirely selfish and just help us i don't think it's selfish but it's allowed to be therapeutic do you feel like it helped you i mean like i said not like yeah like i said this isn't the first time i've done like it's six years is a long time so obviously like i've talked about it but like it probably took two years before i could actually like you know paint a real picture you know what i mean Cause like even though you remember it like it was yesterday, like all those thoughts come back like it just happened again, and it's so hard for you to get it all out because you have all that anxiety all over again. Yeah, I'm, I'm haunted by. Do you it. feel better now that you talked about it? Now that you're fine, like you're done with the story now. I don't know, maybe a little bit. Um, I don't know. I always feel like a weight's been lifted. Maybe somewhat. It's just I don't know. A lot of things still are bad like i haven't i had to go to the house a few days immediately after and like i couldn't look away from where he was i couldn't step over it i couldn't i couldn't do any of that and i haven't been on that street since understandable well you're really no reason to go there yeah i know yeah i was kind of like the opposite um i had found out the exact house yeah I actually, this is going to sound fucked up, but they wouldn't give me back my mom's clothes. And so one day, 
by myself, I decided I'm going to go to the police department and I'm going to get a cop to come with me. And it was a cop that had no idea of the situation, but I explained it to him and I actually <laughs> got inside of the house. Mm -hmm. I saw where my mother died and like, I just remember busting into that house. Like I searched that house up and down and all of her stuff was gone. And I remember just like breaking down in this stranger's living room because like, I don't know, I'm, I'm that type of griever to where like, I want to keep all of your clothes. Yeah. I want your shoes, your underwear, your bras, all of it, your socks, your salt and pepper shakers because it was hers. Yeah. And like those memories, like those things keep the memories alive. And like, my dad wore this ring every day. I wear this ring. Every yeah, day. I have my dad's wallet. I'm. I have my dad's wallet. This is wallet. I just put on. My I actually shoes. have my mom's hair tie that was on her wrist. Yeah. When she died, and I have it in a plastic bag in like a f in like I have a bunch of like paperwork yeah. in like a folder, and it's in there with it with all like the sympathy cards and stuff like that. It's like random stuff like that that keeps it alive. I think something very important for all three of us and anyone else to listening to understand. And uh, I actually skimmed over this when I was telling my story. I can't believe I didn't think of this. Uh, for the longest time, I held on to thinking there was something else I could have done. Yep. And that's because when I first tried to flip my dad over, I heard a weird crack in his neck. And I knew that he had all these problems from the accident and I I couldn't help but shake that even if they showed up and did something now it couldn't be fixed because of what I did and I hear that noise all the time but I have to understand it wasn't there was nothing that could be done at that point and you both need to understand it was nothing we could have well, done well no like I get it Yeah, trust me like, I get it I definitely came to a point where, like, I know, like, there was, n there was nothing I could have done. Like, yeah, like I've, I've envisioned myself finding that house and going in there and just ripping her the fuck out of there, bringing yeah. her home, because she, she left for a while, for like a month. She was going through, I, which I, I personally think, like. Like, six, exactly six months before my mom had passed away, my uncle had passed away. And my uncle was her best friend. Yeah. They talked every day. He came over my house every day. And, like, I think that had a big play in why she just kind of... For the first time in my life, I actually saw my mom helpless. I think that had a big play in what happened. And, like, I've envisioned myself multiple times, like... If I ever find that motherfucker that was in charge of her, I swear to God, I'm gonna fucking flip, or I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, like, punch him, like, no. I'm, in reality, I'm not gonna do any of that, because it's not gonna change the fact that my mom's not here. See, I, I don't, I luckily have no one to be mad at, because as much as we could barely scrape together a funeral, there was no way to get an autopsy. But at the same time, my dad was maybe six or seven months out of heart surgery, so it's just chalked up as that yeah it's almost better that you didn't because like i knew who my dad was with yeah and i saw him like Ooh. a year later 
I remember that. At a Wawa. I remember and that. And I confronted him. And I was probably emotionally an inch away from punching this dude in his mouth. Yep. I know that And feeling. he was, a, like, you know, it, would, it, it wouldn't have ended well for him. Like, his little skinny, drug addict ridden body was not ready for the emotion and hate that I had pent up. Mostly of, like, just the situation in general, but because I could put a face to it at the moment. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh That's my exactly god. You're so lucky. He's yeah. so lucky I walked away. I realized, like, what was going on, and I just walked away. I said what I had to say, though. Yeah. I, I did get, <clears throat> I guess you could say, 15 minutes of fame with that guy. Mm-hmm. I remember it was like two days after she died, and like, or no, no, no. It was that Monday night that I got, I find, it took three, four days for me to get my mom's belongings, whatever belongings that they said she had from the police department and like they stole her money out of her purse mm-hmm. because the day before she died she got like a $1,200 tax refund and she only paid her cell phone bill and her car insurance that was $300 mm-hmm. so they stole her money and then they planted things in her purse like they planted weed in her purse my mom didn't smoke weed like she used to and every once in a great while it was actually pretty funny so we're probably gonna cut it right here that is enough emotion for me for two weeks. Maybe yeah, same. even three. Probably maybe a month. <laughs> I'll go with a year on that. <laughs> so I just wanted to get on and finally tell my story. And I knew that I had people who could quite easily commiserate. So we figured if we talked one of the hardest losses you'll ever face, maybe someone somewhere can take something away from this. I hope someone can, like, not necessarily learn, but just, like, understand that, like, there, there are people out there that relate to our situations, at least with, like, the addiction. Mm-hmm. And, like, get comfort in it knowing that they're not alone. Yeah. Like, because I, I can't even recall how many times, like, during everything I thought I was alone. Right. And exactly. Like, like, I felt the same way. Like it and it was relate. weird because my dad was never really there, but as soon as he was gone... It, uh, mm-hmm. Anything else you want to say? Just that you're not alone. Like, as much as it sucks, it does happen to everybody eventually. But to some, it has to happen earlier than others. And for those of you that it did happen to, just, you know, you're not alone in it at all. Anything you want to say? Basically, almost the same thing as Zach. Like, everyone's story's different, very different. Everyone can relate to loss. And just thank you for listening to our stories. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I guess this, uh... For me, it's been a long time coming. I promise next week it's back to the nonsense. <laughs> we'll get the show back to what it used to be. I just... I think this episode was more or less for me. I think I, I finally had to say it. I do feel a little better. It helps to get it out. I feel a little better. Because for the longest time, I felt like I had to keep it a secret. Exactly. Like, oh, like... I felt like I had to keep mine a secret because... My mom and my sisters couldn't handle that. Like, they couldn't know what really happened. Yeah, that's a little different. I didn't want to tell anyone. Like, my grandfather doesn't know how my dad died. Exactly. So. Like, technically, it was... Technically, it's heart failure due to the the drug overdose. Right. So, like, they just told him it was a heart failure. My mom's autopsy said adverse effect from drugs. I guess that would be OD. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, That's wordy. 
<laughs> and when I saw that, like, that really, like... Set yeah. it in. But, like, you know, in. in a lot of cases, it doesn't have to be a secret. It's just not, like, topic of conversation. Exactly. Like, I'm not gonna... You're not gonna open with that. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm definitely... <laughs> I definitely do not go out of my way to be like, oh, hey, guess what? Yeah. Like... I, I was really super worried about people treating me differently. Me too. Like, don't handle me like glass. I yeah, got same. by without you knowing. Like, I had an old boss tell me, I don't care. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I don't care either. Like, you don't, I don't want you to care. Right. I don't want your pity. I don't want you to, like you said, treat me like glass. Like, unfortunately, death comes with life. Yeah. We all have to face it one day, but it's just so unfortunate that we had to face it in such a crucial part of our lives because we're adults, but we're not quite adults. Right, we still need there. that parental guidance. It would be nice to have. Oh, this is going to sound so fucking Disney movie. <laughs> the problem is... Not surprised. I always wanted my dad to be proud of me. And I feel like now I have something to be proud of. Yes. And he's not here. Yep. I remember feeling the same way. I, I still kind of feel the same way. Like, I want my mom to be proud of me. I've accomplished more in these last two years than I have, like, most of my life. Yeah. And I'm like... Fuck. Like, she's not here to see it. Like, I can't even imagine her reaction if she were here to see it. Right. So, we're going to end it here, episode five. Thanks for listening, guys. This was quite therapeutic. It was. To say the least. So, the normal plugs, 420-something at gmail.com for emails, at 420-something on Twitter, 420-something on iTunes, <laughs> and soundcloud.com backslash 420-something for where I host the show. That's F-O-R, the number 20-something. And we'll see you guys next week.